Episode 115 of The Morgue, an official Corpse Feed podcast, and I am Arturo Padilla, the guy behind the face, and with me always is Mr. Nick Valdez. Howdy, Tex. What's up, man? Oh, man. Howdy, Arturo. It's been a while since we've uh, done our last recording. You know, we did take a break for those who've been keeping up with us every week. Thank you. Thank you. And if not, if you're jumping in for the first time, um, just a little catch up. Uh, I actually saw BBC Butthead do the universe. Nice. Uh, Yeah, uh, I dig it. Like, it's, you know, it's not much to talk about. You know, that's what we'll be spending much time on it. But like, it's, you know, if you know what you're getting into, you know, you're you're good. Right. And that's that's pretty much it. Is it is it better than Beavis and Butthead do America? No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because because do America like do America is like very like I don't know. It's 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 of its time. Yeah. And and like uh, it was special. It was definitely something special. Yeah. So also, I know you saw Beavis and Butthead. Um, I saw I was I happened to see Lightyear with the family the other day. And you know what, Tex? It wasn't bad, but I wasn't really impressed 100%. What I can say, though, it looked great. It looked great. They really did a great job with all the, like, space stuff, like the the launch and the, like, the technology and the little bits and pieces of the rocket ship and how that all looks dude it looks great but the story dude it could have been a little bit more captivating the characters could have a little been could have been a bit better but overall it's definitely a wait for it like on our scale right it um i don't know if it does anything to the legacy of the toy story stuff and and the light year mm-hmm. stuff um mm-hmm. my wife was asking she was like oh i wonder if they're gonna come out with like a woody show like the actual woody's roundup show now and or like a a story for the potato heads or something and i'm like you know what i'm good (laughs) i mean it it sounds like you're good because like it's that sounds like something they'd consider right like if not for movies at least like a disney plus thing like a woody's roundup or mr potato head show but i don't know man like after hearing what you said about lightyear and uh what i've seen from the reviews elsewhere too like it's i think we're it it kind of sucks for pixar right like i mean this was there it doesn't it doesn't some people like it socks was awesome the little kitty cat thing right but like it wasn't like i said it's it's no toy story it's not like uh an evolution for pixar how incredibles was you know what i mean right right uh so uh moving on in in terms of our new stuff from now on moving forward our coming attractions and stuff to look forward to first we have uh this trailer we we caught it in the uh, i remember catching it in the theater once the Uh, teaser right the teaser where she just walks by the room right that's all we saw there um of, we of smile a smile yes. yes um i i'm not sure which studio is actually putting this one out um but um it looks good in terms of quality and production wise creep factor you know it looks good um yes. but it does have that thing that ability to kind of just yeah. you know shit the bed when it comes down to the end of it you know what i mean Abs- absolutely um, especially it, yes. um in terms of the explanation of what's going on, right? Yes, yes. Uh, we we've we've spoken off air about this. Like the trailer, it's hitting so well with people. Like it's going viral just from people on Twitter going, "Oh yeah, look at the last shot of this trailer" or whatever like that, right? Like it's built. Like I'll admit too, it's a great trailer. It looks original. You know, I don't I don't know who the creative team behind it. Like it's not even that kind of trailer. It's not saying oh from the director behind this the you know the produce. A producer a, of a, a producer <laughs> like that other barbarian trailer we saw. Yes, yes, exactly. Like it's not like that where it's like a producer from this movie. Part it's, half of the creative team of so and so horror movie, and then yes. this one guy from that horror movie, and then finally this one that you didn't like either. Yes, exactly. Like, but now you know it. It's just the concept. You know, it looks wicked. But you're right. As soon as they explain what the concept is, it's it's going downhill. That's, it, 
Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, and then that last shot with the neck turning thing, that could be a dream for all we know. And then when we see it, it'd be like, oh, it's just a dream. It has zero to do with the actual actual smile factor of it all, right? Yes, Um, exactly. But again, as I mentioned before, um, we saw some trailers um, off the air, you and I, that are theatrical and just look like straight VOD stuff. But this one, at least in terms of quality and the way everything seems to be pushed and marketed, it looks like it has some budget behind it. I'm hoping they use it wisely and we get something decent, right? Because listen, we get very few and far between um, really good horror flicks. We'll talk about one later on on the show. Um, But I'm I'm crossing my fingers for this one because yeah. I, I haven't seen the concept before and it's that concept, you know, that concept explanation, that twist. For example, um, Tex and I yeah, always our, do, our biggest oh, we one, always yeah. love to refer to Lights Out because yeah. Lights Out had the opportunity to be something solid, right? It yeah, had um, it a starts pretty, off, yeah. It starts off great. Yeah, two thirds of the a, movie was pretty decent, right? And then yes, we get yes. to the the whole monster explanation. It's like, who is this person? What is going on? And then they explain it. We're like, oh my god, that's not what I wanted to see. You could have just kind of, you know, completely skipped it and like not even bothered explaining it. So yeah, that's what I'm really concerned about, especially when it comes to these horror movies now that have a gimmick to them. You know, uh, yes. so. It's not a straight up slasher. It's not uh, some straight up demonic possession kind of thing. There's something going on there. And that explanation of that something is what really can make or break this thing. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a curse or a ghost or dreams or whatever. Right. So I, you're right. I guess we'll see what happens from there. Uh, moving to the small screen. Now we got our first trailer for uh, our first full look, even though we've had commercials and all that stuff of what we do in the shadows season four. Yes. Now you, we've, we've talked about what we do the shadows in the past and season three was probably the best of them yet like i i remember really loving season three and i'm excited for season four just off the trailer alone man it's already yeah. got some good jokes in it like i i just can't wait to like it's just it's one of those crews right like it's just a crew of characters that you're like yeah i just can't wait to see more of them like yeah i do things i wholeheartedly right? agree 100 percent, especially now with the addition of a baby colin robinson or in what is it <laughs> uh, a toddler colin robinson i should say um yeah, it's yeah. gonna make things a whole lot interesting because now these uh the, the crew has a baby to take care of you know what i mean and it's one of their own so they're definitely <laughs> they're definitely gonna have to do some really cool stuff this uh this season when it comes to you know uh, using this kid as part of this whole you know crazy show and then you have nandor looking for a wife still um yes you have naja opening up a bar um everything points to awesomeness this season i can't wait to watch it i'm very glad it got a fourth season i'm glad um a show like this is you know got traction and people you know love it yeah no kidding that's a very good point like the fact that it got more than one season at all is a big deal and here we are season four and honestly this could go the always sunny route like it's that kind of crew where it's like you know they're so good together i'll just keep yes. watching them for as long and as you know what making it right to your point tax always sunny is in like what season 13 right now yeah um this one can work as well because they're freaking vampires you know what i mean they're around forever so you can just kind of even do time jumps you know what i mean yes <laughs> you, yes. you know and and uh, you can even go back in time even and, and, and do a whole season of them a long time ago which would be dope to see them like oh, in their own you, kind of environment right i can't imagine how many things they'd be yeah, able to, like, so, joke like about that this stuff, thing you know? as yeah. long as the writers want to keep writing it i think it has a lot of traction behind it it has a lot of legs um because like i said like the whole vampire thing you can take it anywhere it's already a wild concept because they're vampires so and it's a comedy so sky's the limit you know what i mean sky's the limit yes. legit with this show and i'm very excited for uh the whole project honestly i'm, I'm very glad it popped off yeah i mean well uh, so let's let's talk about projects popping off right yes. so moving moving towards the the big uh the big small screen release in the last few weeks uh, miss marvel for disney plus yes now- i love <laughs> I mean, when when we first started seeing trailers, I know you and I were like, oh, are we going to watch it week to week? Are we even going to touch on it? Should we wait till it's over to like finally bring it up? But now seems like a good time to bring it up, right? Yes. Like we're, we're three episodes in yep. at this point. 
Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I we do remember our conversations. We were very skeptical about it, also because Marvel didn't really show us a lot either. Um, and, yeah, and yeah. what they showed us seemed like a very CW kind of superhero show, right? Like um, a Star Girl kind of thing, right? Um, yes. but maybe a little le- like a little lesser in terms of quality when we first saw it. But now, like you know, I'm a fan of Star Girl, and, and I can um, I have no problem putting this show in that tier at all in fact this show is a success for marvel in my opinion because they just they knew how to reach a different audience you know what i mean um a different right. aged audience altogether too because this is it, it's a teen show right yes, it, it, yes. It, it, it's a teen show our protagonist kamala um she's what 16 i think she is right 16 uh, or 17 y- or something like that yeah something like that yeah like, so um yeah. yeah it's it's directed right towards that group of, of uh right towards that demographic right that Mm-hmm. That uh, preteen to that early teen, you know what I mean? Um, and honestly, even for a Marvel fan like myself, you know what I mean, in my thirties, uh, this show is good. It's a quality show. If you are, if you are a fan of Marvel, um, and you are in it to win it like we are here we are gonna see the content and then we will criticize it we saw this content and now it's time to kind of give it the praise it actually deserves it uh, it does a very good job of of writing a very cool family show with um a very brown cast it's awesome um yes uh, yes. and and it works it looks good the actress kamala um she i think this is her first like her first ever gig right her first yeah, acting um mon Vellani, i believe that's her name yes uh, Yes, uh, I've never seen her in anything before, and apparently she's a huge Marvel fan. And like, you know, kudos, kudos to her. And I, I believe what you're getting at here is what I'm going to jump into now is that uh, Marvel keeps finding these young talents, dude, right? Like out of nowhere, dude. Like, this, it's they that casting the. That casting department or whoever's head of casting like needs huge pay bumps uh, this year, especially with the introduction of just the young cast, especially the young women we see now. Yeah. And not only that, like Miss Marvel as a whole has like a great cast already. Like uh, just what you said with like her family, Kamala Khan's family is like great already. Yes, 100%. From the jump, it's so it's so natural feeling like it's just like, oh, yeah, like we're literally just watching this family you yep. know and like and you know then you get the rest of her extended universe of like the illuminantes and like stuff like that like <laughs> i love such that a, yeah it's, it's such a fun little i love thing, that right? um like, especially um as a brown dude i'm not uh, of indian descent or anything like that but right you know latin culture you know latino culture um yes you know we it's it's the same we have our little kind of our words for you know the elders and stuff like that so right this show really hits home because i don't think it's just a brown thing i think this is just an overall human thing especially when it comes to family like everyone yeah. has that crazy aunt or that crazy uncle that awesome brother um the best friend who always like you know comes through to everything like it's a very human show and that's i think what really stands out about this show besides the cool marvel factor of it all you know it's just the human stuff right like the friendships the relationships that these uh um uh, characters are forming the the bond between the parents and uh and kamala like the the bond um between the parents themselves like the mother and the father themselves like their dynamic mm-hmm. is great the mother i think she's out of all the characters i think she's a big standout in my opinion i i I think that's true yeah dude she's awesome she she does a great job man sometimes even more than kamala herself and that's i'm like wow like i that's that's just part of the casting thing it's like where like wherever you find these actors and actresses like kudos you know what i mean like it's just like um you know and it's also interesting for like the Marvel universe as a whole too. Like now, now we're getting, uh, you know, we're uh, by episode three. You're getting, uh, we're getting info on like her powers and where they come from, and so her bloodline is attached to. So now we're touching on other dimensions yes which is wild right so it's like yes we have the street level stuff we have cosmic stuff then we have the magical stuff mm-hmm. and now now we're dealing with like dimensions yes yeah, so and, now and not, we're not dealing with right like celestial stuff right yeah we can okay. go back to our eternals episode folks where <laughs> we where we seriously just proclaimed the trashiness of that movie and the fact that it I did mean, a terrible job of um broadening that marvel um 
side of the universe, right? Like you were supposed to give us more info. Like I mean, we, we've look, gotten dude. more info on that stuff sprinkled all throughout the other shows that we have from, uh, uh, you know, the Eternals. Dude, in Eternals, a giant hand comes out of the earth and gets like frozen. And, and no one we, says we, a thing. Yeah, we have yet to get any kind of acknowledgement <laughs> in any of these other shows, like either in like a news report in the background or like... A, something or like an uh, you Listen, know when you, we'll see the, a Morbius the, a reference before we've seen Eternals reference yeah, in the MCU. It, it's like the it's like the Scream Five thing. Like give us plot points in Easter eggs yeah. on like the on the outside of the. Uh, you know what I mean? Oh my god, dude! But, um, but yes, but, uh, yeah. Back to like, the um, the yeah. actual good <laughs> I mean, the you're, good you're Marvel totally content. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. We get into this um, whole celestial thing. Uh, um, Kamala's ancestors, um, her grandma, her great grandmother, and all stuff they um were f- from this other dimension or something yeah um, it's it's wild it's wild too. it's yeah, getting yeah. it's getting wilder um i can't wait for them to explain some more because they swerved me completely i thought they were gonna be good but i'm like ah, i don't know i don't yeah. know right they it was something about that woman that uh, i didn't trust yeah so so the big thing about uh, her powers too like so in the comics she's an inhuman she gets her powers from the Terrigan Mist, which is uh, Terrigan. For those who you know who are listening at home, watching at home, um, it is the uh, it's connected to Black Bolt and his people. Yes, they even mentioned Terrigan and like Doctor Strange too for like a second. So, but in the comics, she gets her powers that way, and her powers are like completely different. She huh. stretches. Miss Marvel stretches in the comics. That's actually her big deal. So for some whatever reason, maybe it's because Fantastic Four stuff or whatever, they took away her stretchy powers and they gave her these new light powers. So you so you see a little bit of it in the fact that like she stretches her hand out with like the purple light and stuff like that. Yeah. So that you know they've kept the essence technically of it, but her powers and her origin are like completely brand new for this. Wow, but it's yeah. the same character Kamala Khan though, right? Yes, it's the same like for all intents and purposes, it's still Kamala Khan. It's still like the rest of the story comes from the comic like Bruno and then her little like I forget is his name Bruno? Yeah, it is. Yeah, Bruno. Bruno right? Yeah, it's yeah, Bruno. Yeah, another Bruno. Another Disney, Bruno for so. Disney, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, her her on and or her will they won't they with Bruno is the thing from the comic and stuff like that. Like her friend group and all this stuff. Like even some lines like um like good is not a thing you are, it's a thing you do. Yeah. Like that's that's from Miss Marvel comics. And but the her powers, the gin origin stuff, like that's all completely brand new. And like I said, it maybe they changed it for, you know, Mr. Fantastic. They didn't want like two stretchy people, but at the same time it's like, well makes sense. They're adding all this dimension stuff and like they're adding all these other layers. So it's like, well, now now we got to see yeah. how she connects in Miss Marvel or in the Marvels or in the rest of the series, too. So I don't know. What, yeah. what do you think? Um, like, how are you feeling about it so far? You- um, I'm digging the show. I'm digging the show. I'm curious to see where everything goes. I like the fact that things are going down without all that other Marvel interference. Right? Like there's this yeah, like little world Moon going thing, down, right? um, like in this part of uh, Jersey. Right. right. Um, and, you know, you don't hear like besides what Kamala talks about her, you know, her, you know, her, her fandom pretty much. But like you don't hear about like other heroic stuff you know in the back you know how in um in hawkeye for instance you had hawkeye so you couldn't get away from that you know what i mean right. even w- with Kate bishop um and this one you don't have any other marvel soups actually flying in yet that i know of right that's true um, yeah and it, it's just the story yeah. of this this girl who just gets powers right it's like a, like a spider-man and jace kind of thing right right um and and now it's evolving to the point where it's getting a little hairy, right? We left off at the end of this week's episode with uh, her pretty much, you know, having to ruin um, her brother's uh, wedding reception because these people just started attacking her. So, you know, shit's going down right now for Kamala. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, I like the fact that they keep that severity level there. Like these other antagonists, like they're not messing around. Like they really want 
to just yeah, use her for her power was, pretty much, you know? It was immediate too. Yes. Like I think they they were introduced in like episode two and then by episode three they're already moving in, you know, like so yeah. I yeah. You, you do appreciate that pace. Because yes. it's like, okay, like let's let's get a move on and let's get this going. Yeah. yeah. And the and you appreciate that from bad guys too, right? It's like, wait a minute, why are we dancing around and you know doing a song and pony dance with this little girl? Let's just freaking you know make her do what we want you know what (laughs) i mean (laughs) and obviously these people are stacked with powers like they're crazy like strong so like they're like no we're not gonna wait for her to come to us like it's like are you kidding me you're letting her go to the wedding reception we need her to go back to our dimension so we're gonna make her do this and then on top of that you have what's it called uh damage uh, control yes the damage control people after her as well which is which is interesting because that that is the same detective who was like uh talking stuff to peter yes (laughs) Um, Yeah, in No Way Home. So it's like, well, there we go. So Damage Control was already making their moves in in Spider-Man. Now now we're seeing it here. And it's likely we'll probably keep seeing them in the future as like with all these other street level heroes that start popping. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And this is, again, what Marvel does best. It's that world building, right? And and sooner or later, we're going to get Daredevil back in that fold, right? Um, It seems like he lives in that same level as Kamala and as um, Kate Bishop, right? Um, So we might see Daredevil be that street level kind of, not leader, but just kind of that vet, you know? And, and speaking of, and She-Hulk. Yes, the, that's right. You know, that's her right. whole thing is that she's an attorney for these super-powered people. Yes. So, you know, like, so Kamala might need her services, right, at some point, I, you know? I mean, look, yeah, you're right. It's building towards, yes. you know, so... It, it goes back to what we were saying before about like all the Marvel stuff where it's like, even if you're not completely interested in it, which, which I understand, you know, I'm at the point where I'm like, ah, do I want to watch these weekly or just wait till they build up and finish it all in one go, you know? And, um, but even if you're not like completely invested, there's still some very important pieces here. Yes, you know, it's 100%. Still, like there's still like some stuff that they're dropping here that it's like, well, we're probably gonna need to know damage control. We're probably gonna need to know about other dimensions. We're gonna need yeah. to remember this. Yeah, because Captain it, Marvel two. You remember, know? we and, have to look at this as the MCU. Like everything. Yeah. Mo- Marvel does is to build that universe every little layer from the crazy celestial space stuff to like the low daredevil Kate Bishop street level kingpin stuff you know what I mean like Marvel is legit building their comic book world for you know in in live action form right in front of our eyes and every story no matter how how little it is or how impactful it is is part of that universe building you know what I mean and I think they're doing a great job Uh, I love what they're doing man like i'm watching this show weekly because i just want to know what's next because like i want to see where marvel is going with everything we know that kang is around the corner somewhere you know what i mean i mean and that's even it right uh feige he came out i I forget where it was but he was like like uh, around the end of the year or so like towards the end of the year we're gonna we're gonna start seeing where phase four is actually going so like that's very interesting because you're right we have we have black panther we have thor yeah we have thor coming up next week right um and then we have black panther in november i saw a big poster for wakanda forever in theaters and that got me excited meaning hey this is coming out this year finally yes you know and if what he says is true which he's like as tex mentioned that he said in an article where in the next coming months you're gonna see where this next phase is going so i'm excited I'm excited yeah. and I'm going to be tuning in for the rest of Miss Marvel. I'm going to be tuning in for She-Hulk because, hey, it's on Disney Plus, folks. Yeah, you guys can not, complain right? all you what want. Else, like, What else are you doing? Dude, yeah. and people are just complaining. Like, you know what? Just don't watch it. You know what I mean? Just don't watch right. it. You don't have to watch it. But then you're watching and then complaining about it, but you're still watching. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm very excited about it, Tex. Yeah, I mean – we we have a very exciting uh, yes. feature presentation. Yeah, we, we, a, a double feature to continue right. our double feature presentation summer. We have for you two very awesome you know pieces of content. Uh, first is uh, Black Phone. Unfortunately, Tex couldn't go out yeah. and see this one, um, yeah. but I had the absolute you know fortunate ability to sit there. And finally watch this thing. Um, This thing has been promoted since 2021, I believe. I think um, it was supposed to come out in March of last year or something along those lines. But folks, I waited a while to see this one and I was not disappointed 
in the least bit. Wow. Um, okay. Which, whew, let me just say that. And like, thank goodness I was not disappointed because <laughs> honestly, walking into theaters these days, especially when it comes to horror folks, it's not a guarantee anymore. Definitely not a guarantee. Um, no, no. We thought it was when it came to Halloween Kills and then that just completely like, Dude, it you broke, know, it, it broke I'm, our hearts, I'm still man. broken. I'm still broken for that one. <laughs> evil, evil did, no, evil didn't die that night, but, in, in my heart did die tonight yeah you know? it was like oh like a part of us died that evening. <laughs> yeah um but uh with black phone i highly recommend seeing this folks it's a definite pay okay. for it um wow. yeah okay. yeah in our scale it's a definite pay for it it's an it's an awesome movie theater kind of horror popcorn experience right um so off the bat i'm not really gonna go into the spoiling of anything since tex hasn't seen it and i really want him to see it um okay. it's based okay. off a short story uh, written by joe hill and from what I was told as well from some uh, some buddies on the feeds um, that uh, the the story is awesome and the adaptation is even better. So um, I'm so glad this turned out the way it did, especially for Scott Derrickson, right? Um, who was in line yes. to direct um, a, a Multiverse of Madness, but then there was some um, some creative differences, yeah, I guess, creative right? Differences yeah. over over the fact that like you know it it's it, we don't know exactly why but it's likely that like you know they maybe they promised him he could do something darker than what he was ac actually able to do or like it, it, it's hard to tell cuz you know, we got the we got the Sam Raimi version, and you're like, wow, he he got away with quite yes. a bit. So which, it's like, which begs the question, Tex, right? Like, what? what did, yeah, what, what did, was it that he yeah. wanted to do? Like, listen, like one day, hopefully, we can ask him that, right? Yeah, because like maybe he was dealing with like devils and stuff like that. Because oh, like, uh, I'm, I'm I, very I curious. I'm very curious, but um, I think he got his jollies out with this one. Um, okay. And to boot, folks, this one it's the kid horror, right? I, I can put it in the same vein as as it when it comes to kid horror. Um, okay. There's a lot of kid on kid violence. There's a lot of bully stuff going on, right? Um, and uh, um, they do it very well, <laughs> too well sometimes. You're like, man, that's kind of um, it. Um, it kind of turned your stomach a little bit sometimes. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah, dude, it was uh, it was very well done, and it it was supposed to be well done because they were the driving force of this movie. Um, Ethan Hawke was great, but he was such a subtle kind of terror that he was he was like a menacing mood. You know what I mean? Like okay. throughout the whole movie, um, you don't get okay. yeah. So so I I don't know if this is spoilers or not. So if it is, uh, just avoid the question. Sure. But like, is he a real? dude yes is that like okay yes. so he's a real okay yes because because like the presentation in the trailers it's like oh maybe he's a real dude maybe he's no, like a he's very a monster real. dude okay no he's okay. very real um and the movie does a good job of going back to his uh his past crimes and showing you how everything went down oh, um because okay, he's like a serial okay. kidnapper right they call him the grabber um, and he kind of he drives around this black van just kidnapping kids in daylight which is wild and it's scary you know especially me as a parent like it's it's scary if you go back to a lot of these crimes from the 70s and the 60s and stuff like that these these evil just men like yeah the, it, the stranger danger shit yes yeah. dude like they derrickson uh did a great job of kind of getting that all through mm. the screen dude um okay it was awesome um it had it's it did have its little faults in my opinion it felt a little long sometimes but it was more for that character development you know um okay. there was a character in the movie uh the kid's father he was just very a very annoying presence but then again like if you look at it on the other side of the coin you're like Okay, I get it. You know, that's why I didn't have many complaints. I, I like I'm being nitpicky, man. I'm legit being nitpicky when it comes to um the complaints that I had wow, because I okay. really couldn't find anything to kind of, you know, pull out and be like, hey, what can I complain about really? Because dude, the story is just really good. The third act, um, I love the third act. I think you're gonna love the third act as well. I think all you folks out there, if you haven't seen it yet, it's worth it for the third act. You leave the theater satisfied. That's all I'm gonna say about the third act. It's a very satisfying ending to this whole story and you're in it to win it by that point. Um, okay. It's great to see the protagonist, for instance. I really enjoyed him because he was the kind of kid where that his dad didn't allow him to see scary movies, right? Like his dad mm -hmm. didn't let him watch like the rated R stuff or anything like that because he's going to get in trouble and all that stuff. So he is very innocent minded, right? And you need that here because everything, it, 
the world around him is so like just raw, right? That he, you need that this kid who hasn't been exposed to this evil yet to kind of get tossed into this evil and just kind of, you know, grow in front of the screen. And that was one of the best parts of the, of the actual story. As I said before, um, there's a, a big cast of under 18 that really stole the show, dude, legit. Even the bullies that were just there for a couple were just doing what bullies do and just, they know how to do their jobs. I remember if you go back mm-hmm. to the archives, um, I believe when we, um, I, I think it was Conjuring, no, I'm sorry, um, um, Annabelle 3 um, with uh, McKenna Grace that we spoke yes. about um, yes. young a, a young talent just um, elevating their skill this day and age. Because back in the day, like, you know, you had your performances here and there, but now it's just like consistently these kids are just putting out <laughs> yeah, quality I mean, material. She, she was the best one in Malignant and she was only in it for like, oh, what yeah. was it, like two scenes? Yeah. Like, like just oh boy yo you're right it's good to and going back to the miss marvel conversation too right and and a conversation we'll get into it a little bit like it's good that you know there are these young talents already ready to go like we've said many times in the past that that don't fly anymore man yeah you can't have bad kid actors anymore no it's just not you can't you can't it's not allowed and especially in a story like this text where the kids are the emotional anchor to everything. You know what I mean? Because right. um, like I said, Ethan Hawke is just this, a subtle terror, um, a mood, as I mentioned. That's what he really feels like because he doesn't, he shows up every once in a while, drops some lines, goes away, shows up, drops lines, goes away. He, you don't see him like in action for a like for a hot minute on screen until the until the third act, um, but this is where the rest of the cast shines. This is where the rest of the cast is um, is needed to support the rest of the story. You know, because it's not a slasher, because it's not like um, a bad guy driven movie. It's about this kid finding out how to you know survive um, based on the ghosts of the past victims that he's you know he's killed, which mm-hmm. is you know it's. So it builds this um, this story where the kid gets pieces of information bit by bit from every ghost, and he has to piece it together to try and survive. It's it's really well done, dude. I can't wait for you to watch it. I'm glad, as you mentioned before off air, that um, I'm glad VOD now has a quick turnaround. Um, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you guys are able to see this sun. sooner or later, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, that being said, folks, as something that I know a lot of you folks have seen, um, and I know a lot of you guys out there got Disney Plus. And for our uh, headliner and our double feature presentation for today's show is the one and only Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. I love it. <laughs> I mean, oh boy. Yes. Like, um, uh, yes. Yeah, right. Like it, yes. it's tough to Just even start yes. the conversation, right? Because <laughs> you know, um, you know, uh, going into this, uh, we we've, we've talked about this in our impressions uh, when we first talked about Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, you know, Star Wars isn't my big thing, you know, and it never has been, probably never will be. I'll be honest, but like something about Revenge of the Sith, and like it, it, it's you know, people trash talk the prequels, but like I grew up on those, and so do you. Like we're that those are our Star Wars. You know? Yes, but I was one who did trash talk the prequels myself. I have admitted that myself here on the show. And that's fine, you know, and me, I was like, I was way into episode one. I skipped part two and I came back for part three. I, I mean, like, I, yeah. that's 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 acceptable because part two was trash <laughs> and the end of part one. Dude, I lived Duel of the Fates for about two years, maybe two or three years that like I legit went back to the theater just for Duel of the Fates. Honestly, like the best part of Phantom Menace, folks, is that last act where Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan face Darth Maul and then you see that double lightsaber shine up you can't tell me anything else in that movie matters yeah maybe the pod racing was cool but that's not even like a legacy thing that continues you know i mean yeah no the the darth maul thing changed the game it changed everything darth maul was the footprint i think that was one of the most successful things lucas did in those prequels was establish this double lightsaber darth maul you know sith character man I know, isn't that funny like right? but you know you know that's the other thing too like people don't give george lucas his credit but like dude has some cool ideas or at least was able to recognize the cool ideas that other like the people on his team had right yes. and to like incorporate it because like you know, when you're looking at Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're like, man, that's so cool. And, and, and all the cool stuff about Obi-Wan Kenobi are the classic Star Wars things. 
you know, it's like, oh, when you shy, when you finally kicks up his lightsaber in like a full fight, yeah. you're like, oh yeah, this is so cool, you know. And then when it finally plays like the force theme at yeah. the end of the show, you're like, yeah, this is yeah, cool. it's uh, but it's it's perfect, isn't it, text? Because like specifically yeah. because it's Obi Wan and it's you McGregor again playing obi-wan and we got so connected and tied to obi-wan being you a you mcgregor that you know this is just everything we needed we mentioned it before in our episode one through four preview that this was the story that obi-wan and the the and the actor who mcgregor needed in order to kind of move on with their lives right yeah Um, yeah and it was it was it was quite special. It was definitely quite special. Let's get into it, Tex. Um, we spoke about episodes one through four, right? Yes. And we left off right as what Reva was uh, hunting them down after he escaped the first fight with uh, Darth Vader, right? Yes, yes. And uh, full spoilers from here on out. Uh, if you haven't finished Obi Wan Kenobi or haven't jumped in, uh, go check it out. Pause this episode. Come back. Check us out. But like, uh, so jumping in from there. I kind of wish the story from like the first two episodes or like the story, the last two episodes and maybe like the first two were kind of pushed together. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe tightened up, you know, to be like a movie, you know, cause like the whole, the Reva thing is great, you know, and I love Reva's story, but then like I'm thinking about it and we had that whole breaking into Darth Vader's tower thing. And I'm like, I, I don't know if we needed those side quests. Cause like when we finally get to the meat of it mm. with these final two episodes, I'm like, this is, this is what I've been wanting. I've been wanting like, like episode five where you finally get like the, you get the old, like the Anakin flashback. You know what it is, though, Tex. You know what it is. Uh, I I agree with you, but but we needed to know the relationship between him and Leia. We needed to know why mm. Leia sent R two D two right with a message, uh, you know, t- uh, for Obi Wan that he's you know our only hope. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. Like it's worth me- it for that, but also you know. Yeah, but listen, like <laughs> they had to get her back, right? He, he was, you know what. They right, got Leia. Right. Later, Leia. I love you. I'll see you later. Um, good luck. Yeah, <laughs> Let's go back to thing. Anakin over here. Yeah, like, that's what I was thinking, too. I was like, oh, maybe they were going to pick her up, like, mid-show, and then, you know, it was going to focus on Obi-Wan and Anakin. I, I don't know. I think... I think that's the thing. It's, these are just pet peeves and nitpicks yeah. that are popping out after I'm thinking about it. Because, like, no, I'm, I'll be 100% honest. Like, I watched it. I was like, oh, this is the best thing. It's my, like, straight up, it's my favorite Star Wars thing in, like, a, like for Oh, like, yeah, 100%. Even more dude. so than Mando Season 1. Because Mando Season 1 was great. But, like, this is, like. It's Obi-Wan, this bro. Is, yeah, this is Star it's Obi-Wan. Wars, you know what I mean? Like, this um, is. Yeah. This is our this is our part this is our part three point five you know this is our like yeah right and, in the middle yeah and to all that like um Obi Wan needed the journey right remember like when we first saw him in Episode One the dude hasn't used his powers and who knows how long right right so we needed to see him kind of get his groove back like Stella when she went to Jamaica right so him going through the motions going into vader's thing by the way he's a great swimmer <laughs> we, yeah, we see that we see that in their prequels as well he's a obi-wan's a great swimmer um yeah, yeah. yeah so we i think i wanted to see that from him too as a big fan of star wars i wanted to see him regain his confidence back you know it sucks he didn't have a montage you know he needed a montage but yeah this was I guess the way to do it, I understand what you're saying. Cause that is so like far off the trajectory of where we ended up, you know, um, yeah. it, it was such a side thing that, uh, it like in, in location and in story, you know, that, yeah. um, that it is questionable at the end, but I think it was also just a little bit of fan service in there too. You know what I mean? Right. Because, you know, I, I never knew Vader to like, you know, bring people back to his fortress and stuff like that. Yeah. I didn't then, know the Inquisitors came from there. You can kill me if you want, you fans out there, because I, I wasn't aware the Inquisitors I, were based out of his fortress. I always thought Vader's Fortress of Solitude was like his Fortress of Solitude, where he went, he meditated, and then he went out and did dark side shit, right? Yeah. But, my, <laughs> my, my thing with that, though, is like... You know, like I said, for all I praise it and stuff like that, it's, you know, this is the only time to get it out now, right? It's yeah. like, this is, this is it. This so is like, it, Tex. So, 
So my thing is, I I wish like we had more of the Obi-Wan and Anakin. Like, I think because we get so much of that in five and six, like they're so much better than everything else in the show. Because it's like we finally get that. So, yeah, you know, and, yeah. Yeah. and like I do also like see Obi-Wan like I. I'm in for the same reason. I want to see Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan, like, get back to Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan. Yeah. You know like I mean? But at the same time, it's like, you know, the best parts of the show are when he gets to open up about, like, how how much he's actually going through. About and, like, Anakin and stuff, right? Yeah. And, like, I wish we would have got more of that. Like, that's the thing. It's like, I feel like if this were, like, a tighter movie project, you know, like a two and a half hour you know, Disney yeah. plus movie thing with the Obi-Wan and Vader and Anakin stuff with the Reva plot. You can even have the Princess Leia. Uh, you can have the Luke and Leia story in there too, but like just a much tighter escort vision well, movie. Mm, and like to, to kind of, uh, to counter your, the, the way you wanted to go. I think maybe I get it, but it kind of, uh, needed to have that other stuff in it because if you think about it right right um obi-wan has he has no idea anakin's alive he thought this dude he left him for dead legit he left him for dead on um what was that planet called i forgot the land planet but he left him for dead right at the end of episode right. three cut off his legs right. cut off his arms burnt him like crisp i hate you and all that stuff right so for all he knew darth vader is just some other crazy sith guy so for the longest time you had that there it you needed something to kind Kind of reignite that kind of uh that storyline i think this is why right. you had to throw in the reva and the leia thing because i think that was a catalyst to get anakin back together with obi-wan um in five and six you know like we don't get to that point if we don't get this other stuff you know what i mean because it would have been no reason for obi-wan to come out of hiding um it would have been no reason for him to do anything jedi you know what i mean because he wanted to just you know stay quiet and keep a very low profile um if it wasn't for Reva's storyline, if it wasn't for uh, Senator Organa calling him, you know, for help, Obi-Wan figuring out about Darth and Anakin being one and, you know, getting to that point that we loved in five and six, it would have been hard to do that, I think. You would have had to come out with another kind of story to kind of get that ball rolling since obi has um has wanted to, like, like i said he's wanted to just be on the down low for a long time now yeah so right. um i think we needed all that stuff to get to where we wanted to that being said i wish we had more of that yeah you know i mean I, I think that's i, I we think got, we um, we do ultimately agree that like, yes we yeah. needed more of that we got um I insert that we needed all that fluff there, right? But I do agree wholeheartedly that we needed more of Anakin and Obi-Wan when it came to it. If we got at least a, a seventh episode, right? Let's say we like the climax was in episode seven. If we got another episode of them just going back and forth, bro, like, right. like while other shit's going on, you can edit the other stuff going on, but have them going back and forth, bro, because you're right. Like there's this moment at the end that we get that we've wanted for a long time, but I think they had so much more they could have juiced out of that you know that's that's what i mean yeah. it's it's the whole like when we get to you know when we get to the the final battle between like obi-wan and vader it's like it's super emotional and it's like it's fulfilling it's like yeah like that's the thing too it's i know people like yeah we we all trashed hated christensen i'm not gonna lie i was in there too i was trashing him you know when i'm mean? dead just throw me in the trash <laughs> <laughs> now, like, now is darth vader legit <laughs> I, I get it, but at the same time, it's you know, it's for the same respect we pay to Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan. For you know, for all intents and purposes, Hayden Christian is a big icon in the Star Wars universe. Big time. You know, re regardless yeah. of how you feel about his delivery, his performance, or whatever, he's still Anakin Skywalker, and there's nothing anyone, any of us, could do to take that away. You yeah. know, so like seeing him, seeing these two people come back and like get to play around with Star Wars again. It's one of those things where it's like, I, I think that's why I'm like, I wish it was more fulfilling because I'm like, I wish we just had a little bit more that they could play around with. Because it's like, we don't, like we, you know, so it's Anakin in the Vader suit. Like it's actually Christensen in the Vader suit the whole time. So it's like, you know. There is a stunt double there as well. So we don't know yeah. exactly um, how much of the work he's doing. I know that um, Hayden did... Um, uh, so show some so, of like uh, some like a duel like I think it was their last duel I, I think that's yeah. all him 
Yeah, so the thing the thing too is that they have that Edward James uh oh, I was gonna say Edward James almost uh, James oh. Jones. So they have that I know that'd be a way different kind of voice, right? For, so, so say we have, all right. They have <laughs> they have that uh that artificial intelligence voice for uh for Jones. Uh I see I'm yeah, for James Earl Jones. James Earl and, Jones. Yeah. I had to keep I had to keep reminding Mufasa. myself. Yeah, so it's like so it's Hayden Christensen saying the lines, but it's coming out in the in the Vader voice. So like, good on that. Like it's it's like that's the thing. It's I'm I'm glad that you know McGregor. Uh, point I'm trying to make is McGregor and Christensen the whole time. Like even though years after, they're so still happy to be in Star Wars. It's so refreshing too, because like. We saw what happened to the people in the new trilogy, how they ended up hating the experience so much. They're like, I never want to like none of the big it's three the trash Oscar Star Wars Isaac. fans, man. Like, yeah, listen, where it's like they, they were burned on it so bad. And text, by the people. Yeah. Star Wars, just like horror, has one of the most toxic fan bases. Like, yeah, ever. it's you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I feel so bad for the cast of the new ones. It doesn't help that the movies weren't that great. Right. Yeah, and um, it doesn't help that the third movie tried to undo everything people complained about. And it know? doesn't so help that the third movie actually gave us Ben Solo, which is like, hey, you could have done a Ben Solo movie all along. This was awesome. You, you could have done a Ben Solo trilogy, right? Dude, like, like he was freaking great, man. It was, um, it was right there. But no, yeah. the point I'm trying to make here is that, like, despite all of that, these two actors are like, you know, yeah, we did, you know, we did movies that were so-and-so, but they had a good time. And so, like, it's good seeing that energy back. Yeah. You know, it's like they're obviously having a good time doing this. No, like the, listen, like, absolutely. Uh, that they, final confrontation, dude, it's oh, like, God, dude. They're, the, the energy they have with each other. I love like, the 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 scenes where his helmet's just kind of cracked up already and, yeah. and 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 you get the half artificial voice with the real voice and everything and I was like oh with a tear in my eye this is the <laughs> greatest moment in my life <laughs> but um, but yeah also um to your point from earlier text these guys enjoy it as well because the fans have embraced the characters and the actors playing them you know it took yeah. time. It took time. You know what I mean? I think Obi-Wan was almost immediately liked. I think out of everyone um, of the first trilogy, I think Obi-Wan was the only one that can say that no one really had an issue with him and Yoda, you know, but um, over time, for instance, uh, uh, Hayden Christensen's performance was kind of, you know, it was poo-pooed at first. But then over time, like, it's like, hey, wait a minute. Have you seen what, you know, what he did in episode three? And then we had to kind of rewatch it again as fans, right? Yeah. I had it, to rewatch re it again as a fan. And then I, I rewatched the whole original, you know, uh, uh, trilogy as a fan. I'm sorry, the, the prequel, um, episodes one, two, and three. And I was like reassessing it with a critical eye, you know, yeah, as an adult. Part two is still yeah. garbage, right? Yeah. Part two right. legit is uh Hurry throw me in a train. <laughs> That's yeah, part two. Yeah. But yeah. part three. I have to like I had to eat so much crow that I was like, I can't let anybody see this, but I just ate a whole, you know, crow pie because episode three, I poo-pooed the shit out of that thing for a long time. And uh it was it's good you know it's good christensen does a really really good job with everything he's given um it's just that there's so much going on with the clone stuff um that like a lot of that stuff gets lost in the mix you know yeah it's like you you can't like it's like how much do you fault him for bad material you know it's like he it's not like he's in charge of the script he's saying you know what i mean so it's like yeah but but though his performance got better in episode three in episode well, two he wasn't yeah. really you know you know, yeah, he, he wasn't good. Um, there was nothing for him to do. Like, this is also true. That's the thing. It's like you can't. It's like how much do you hold against him for being an Anakin in two movies? You know, in two movies, he had to do the weight of three different movies. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like it's not like we met Mark Hamill in part four as a kid. You know, it wasn't kid Luke who then became adult Luke in part two and then, you know, Jedi Luke in yeah. part three. Like, no, we, we met kid Anakin first. 
and then it wasn't until Teen Anakin came in in part two that he came in. Yeah, correct. And then from, then yeah. from there, he had to become Vader in one movie. Yeah, you know? this so is it's true. Like, this is true. And this is true. I guess I'm still kind of judging him a little harshly because episodes well, no. one, two, and three. Um, it's no, no. That's what I mean. Like, it's not. You're all, like, I'm gonna say that straight out too. You're also not judging too harshly because that's the thing. Like, <laughs> the reality is, he does have a, a cadence that's a, tough to get used to. It's also like. The, yes. the movies have bad yes. scripts, you know, so it's like, you you know, you can't. But then at the same time, it's clear with Kodobi, you give him the material, you you give the two of them time to, like, actually be in the same place. At the same but also, time. Tex, I think, too, um, what I have to put out there as well, um, before we wrap up this whole Star Wars stuff, um, until we speak about it again at some point. Um, Probably, it, like, in a month <laughs> or whenever the next Star Wars thing comes out. Who even knows, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, it's um, It was very cool for him to kind of reprise his role, you know, to actually do his thing. But it's also, like, um, in terms of, you brought it up, like, he didn't have much to work with, right? The early trilogies were mostly based on p- p- political stuff and merchandising. You know what I mean? Like, like Lucas wanted to really put out the the droid stuff you can you can tell you can tell right tons of merch around that yeah, time just, you know George Binks. i mean come on like that, that yeah tells you yeah it, it got saturated yeah. completely um yeah and the story fell by the wayside and also yes. honestly it was a yes. little too complicated for for everyone like they legit got into like you know like uh like a, a political debate you know yeah, it was, in it the was movie too much of the too much of the senate yeah you know um, no one cared and, about um at the end of the day yeah know? and like so like you said we can't really judge them that harshly because the story wasn't there anymore and when the story really got chunkier was when he really shined right yes. so bringing him back um having them reprise their roles especially seeing them both um in that one flashback scene right before uh, when he was that's, still a padawan with that saying. hair that was awesome saying. we could have had like i wish we got another one of those yes. you know what i mean it's like why wasn't that like why was it that i think that was my thing it's why hold that back to episode five so like the literal next episode we talked yeah. about after after we broke off the last time you know what i mean so it's like should like that could have been through the whole series you know what i mean we could have had like whole little flashbacks yeah, like, like that i don't know why they wanted i don't know why they didn't want to pull that trigger i think maybe i don't know man I, I, yeah, they just got really like, scared to tell that story you know yeah yeah I, there you go, Arturo. I think you figured it out because it's like, were they, you know, if they committed to a full Obi Wan and Anakin story, it's like, what, you know, what do you get? Because like, you and- could still have that, like, honestly, like, all right, so the Reva storyline was dope. I really like Reva. Like, yeah. you could have still had her do the same exact thing she's doing while still Absolutely. focusing. Like, once you as once you've established that these inquisitors are working for Vader, right? You get to the I'm sorry. Once you establish that Vader is the one hunting down Obi-Wan, right? And Reva yes. is the one who specifically also has this thing for Vader and Obi-Wan. Like, you could still have that there, right? And then once you finally, I think it was mid at the end of episode no, mid episode two is when you really get that vader kind of obsession with obi-wan thing dude that could have driven this thing for hours it could have been the whole for show. hours because you saw how vader was kind of reckless right like he got sunned by palpatine at one point at the end right he's like are you yes. sure this is not um affecting your decision even the grand inquisitor baldy man he was he, he gave him the the greatest side eye ever when he yes. was like you know yes. you know we should go again you know go you know and and take care of this this ring that's you know supporting the jedi and vader's like nah we're good you can let them yeah. live <laughs> let's, let's the go whole, get obi-wan yeah and the whole thing with like the whole uh are you sure you want to do all that for a jedi He's like that's he's not no ordinary Jedi. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, so you're you're so right. It's stuff like that. If they would have played with that more, like I said, you could have like same thing I was saying in the beginning too. You could have had the Reva stuff in there, like you said. You could have had Luke and Leia still in this, but if you would have harnessed more of that 
Obi-Wan and Anakin connection that we get really, really get those last two episodes that it's like, there you go. It would have been perfect. Like right now, it's just it's a great Star Wars story. I had a good time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, to me, to me, this makes a new trilogy with part three and four, you know, and I'm like, you know, and that final fight and that whole like Obi-Wan, like he's like, well, I tried to kill you before. This is what happened. And now, you know, and you know, people were mad about that, Arturo. Are you serious? People were upset that like Obi-Wan kept vader alive and i'm like and you know first of all it's of course right like it's the of course thing that he has to keep him alive for part four no but star- it's obi-wan but it makes so much sense dude right because yeah, obi-wan's to- the jedi he wouldn't listen he when would have just, you seen obi-wan yes. kill somebody especially when he knows they're defeated already yeah like he and his legs and like he, his legs were cut off and stuff like that before, and he still technically left him alive. Like Obi Wan still technically left him alive in part three. Yeah, so like, like he he's never one to put a final blow in it if you're not a droid. You know what I mean? Yes, um, yes. That's that that's a trash take from a lot of fans out there. I don't understand that. I'm like it's. And, and because of the connection, you see, this is probably why we needed a little bit more, right? To make fans understand, um, even the ones that should know already, to make fans understand the deep connection that the master has with his Padawan, right? Like, you know, he's not this new version of Luke that we get that um, all of a sudden wants to strike down Ben Solo because he's having a bad dream, right? It's this older jedi this jedi um of the old guard you can say um with the morals of like just a you know of right and wrong and what everything should be you know yes um and a this is how they hunted the jedis because they knew like listen he's not gonna let these people die you know because he's obi-wan so you think he's really gonna kill anakin after he finds out that he's vader and then he sees his burnt face and then he hears that that speech that that Anakin says, like, no, like, I'm the one who killed off Anakin Skywalker. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, he really is lost, dude. He's lost. Because Obi-Wan is always like, let's let's try and save you. You know what I mean? But then when he sees that and he hears that, he's like, yo, you know what? I I can't save you, dude. You're, you know, like, we're we're done. Goodbye. Fighting him gets him nowhere. And that now that explains in part four why he just like I remember. Yes, I was just about to get there, too. Great job. Yes. Yes. That Obi-Wan just gives up without a fight. But now we understand it, right? Yes. It's like. Yep. Because the obsession of Vader, having him in front of him, Vader was going to do anything he can to strike him down, no matter what, especially in that corridor we get when they're on the Star Destroyer, right? Um, So, like, this is why I I say that those little things, that all those little fluff developments are necessary because we find out certain things um, as to A New Hope. We find out how Leia knows of Obi-Wan and why she trusts him with with everything right now. You know what I mean? We find out about um, why all of a sudden Obi-Wan just gave up, you know, to become a force ghost. Um, We get we get it now. And that's what we needed from these Star Wars shows. Right. To kind of give us a little bit of more depth in between the lines. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, to be 100 percent honest, it is unnecessary because the end of part three is the perfect lead into part four you know obi-wan leaves baby luke on tatooine you know then he goes off on his way and then you know years later we get tatooine luke yeah but but like you said it's this is unnecessary but like you said it adds those little extra bits that make it a fully a more full experience you know because now now that nitpick of why did obi-wan just straight up give up in the middle like without really fighting now it now it's all now it's got an explanation behind it because also yes because also obi-wan beat him (laughs) yeah so obi-wan's like wait a minute i can stay here fighting back and forth with this guy we know he's not gonna stop I know I can beat this dude. He knows I can beat him. This Obi-Wan's is not leading beat him anywhere. Twice. Yes. He's beat him twice. Exactly. He point. was like, yo, yes. this is not going to lead us anywhere. I need you guys to get off this ship. You know what I mean? Like the only way is so you know what? Like I've been here a hot minute. I got you guys to where I need to get you guys. I'll see you guys as a ghost. So yeah, he's like, th- I'll see you later. Listen, yeah, that yeah. explanation just like blows your mind after a while. And you're like, Damn. And also the explanation as to why Leia would n- name her kid Ben, right? Yes. You know, like, you know, you're like, 
holy crap, you know, these little things. It's that Star Wars building. It's a big universe, man. This is like, a, this goes back to my MCU talk, right? That Marvel does a great job of building that universe, of filling in those lines, right? A universe is big. It has space. It has a, a, a terrestrial stuff. It has, you know, street level stuff. It's the same thing for Star Wars, right? Like we've seen like all these little layers of Star Wars. We've seen the the Empire stuff in space. We've seen the terrestrial stuff with, um, let's say with, with Rogue One and all that stuff. We've seen all the crazy stuff. So, but like, I think now they get it. And I remember I mentioned this before on a previous episode that Star Wars was going to start focusing on story and building story and building characters instead of having to develop a whole freaking trilogy. Start mm-hmm. with one story and take it from there because you have such an expansive world that you can just tie things in bit by bit like Marvel is doing. So now that being said, they're under the same big umbrella of Disney. So if Star Wars is smart and Disney is smart, they'd be like, hey, Marvel, you got anybody we can use over here to help us you I know, mean, organize this stuff? We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see like, what happens. But I'm excited because one of the first Star Wars projects to come out um in the next year not the, is it the next year or one of the first star wars movies to come out in, yeah i think it's the first movie in, in this new era is from yeah. taika watiti you know who who yeah. who helped marvel direct you know a lot of where they are now you know including yes. with the russo brothers and stuff like that so i'm excited about it i hope you guys are excited about it go check out obi-wan on disney plus go check out black phone in theaters now folks go check us out on all the socials we are on instagram on on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, you can catch us on Twitch, on YouTube Live every Thursday at 420. You can catch yeah. us. You can see our miraculous baby faces over here and then uh, have fun with us on the pod as well. It drops on the same old day. Um, and thank you so much, folks, for uh, for listening. We have 114 of these for you guys out there. Go check us out. Thank you so much to Glenn Moraski for the music. Thank you so much for Del Varis for the artwork. And thank you, folks, for listening. And remember, it's a scary world out there, but we're here to walk you through it. 